The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. A smaller wedding with one eye on buying a house is proving more and more popular with couples planning their big day. The uh, uh, wedding site One Fab Day found that 57% of couples intended to buy a house before actually tying the knot. I'm joined by wedding expert Sarah Kennedy. Sarah, good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well. Now, uh, a wedding, whether it's uh, 100 people, 200 people, 300 people, it costs a lot of money. And really some people does. think that's money down the drain. I could have a fabulous honeymoon or I could, you know, put a bigger deposit and perhaps get a bigger house or apartment. Yeah, look, there is there is a mix. So I think there's, you know, for, for anyone that's at that stage of their life where they're looking at, OK, the next step is we're going to come together, get married, have a house. You know, obviously the 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 information in the market of how difficult difficult it is to get on the property market married that with actually having to you know, save for a wedding, you know, they're trying to do the two at once. So it's very, very difficult. Plus the cost of weddings have gone up, the cost of housing has gone up. So overall, you know, they're caught in this eye of the storm. So they're taking, I'm definitely seeing a trend with couples whereby they're taking a look at the bigger picture of life because, you know, there is that whole thing of, well, we don't have the luxury of being able to rent because there's very little in rental property. So they're being pushed into having to commit to buying something a lot sooner. So that's overlapping with the stage mm. of life where they're at for their, for their, for yeah, their actual I mean, marriage uh, as well. Time, time was that there was a, uh, maybe a choreography where someone met somebody, they got engaged. At that point, they start saving for accommodation, whether it's an apartment or a house. But back in yep. the day, it was always a house. And then they would expect uh, the father of the bride uh, to pony up for the wedding and uh, then more laterally perhaps the parents of both bride and groom would uh, pony up but in the modern era the bride and yeah. groom themselves pony up they do they do and you see like if you look at it right so there's stats that you know that that come and go but you're looking at roughly an average cost of a wedding in and around the 30k mark and it's massive money you know and like it's i definitely see more and more couples going hold on a second. Now, there was an awful lot of flurry in the market post-COVID where people were like, we need a date. And there was a panic almost, like if we don't book now, we won't get a date. Whereas that's now started to settle. So what you're seeing is actually 2023 isn't as as uh, manic as everyone thought it would be. So what I'm seeing couples do is they're actually booking more into 2024. They're giving themselves a longer lead time to get married. Yeah. So that now, way they can save and buy their house in between. Sarah, we spoke uh, during the height of the pandemic about uh, yes. weddings and whether or not they could happen at all. Do you remember the business? Oh, well, mm-hmm. dancing and singing oh, uh, will spread COVID and all the rest of it. So therefore, people downsize their weddings, often mm-hmm. only to immediate family uh, who could forgive each other if they gave each other COVID. Uh, but, uh, you know, did that trend not continue? The people said, wow, I was at a wedding. It was tiny, my cousin or whatever. And it was terrific. Yeah, like the the mass market is still kind of that hundred plus wedding. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a trend whereby, say, if a venue's minimum numbers are 140, people are sticking to that. They're not going over. They're not expending more than they need to. There is a smaller number that are uh, that have seen how beautiful a smaller wedding can be. And they're actually saying, do you know what? That's exactly what we're going to do. Irrespective of anything, that's what we want for ourselves because they see that it's a possibility the difficulty with those who are looking to do smaller weddings is trying to get a venue that will host it for that small size. So, for example, if you want to get married on a Saturday out in a country estate, there's no way you're going to be able to get get a, get a wedding for 25 people out there because their minimum numbers are probably going to be 120 to 140. So there, there is that little bit of... Um, 
of, you know, the amount of product available to couples in the market. A lot of couples going looking at restaurants, for yeah. example, because that's more amenable. Looking for different styles of, of venues, whether they're smaller theatres or, you know, they're moving. There's some that are going midweek where they can get the availability. So I think for so many, knowing that we have this, this that they're in this, you know, housing crisis, costs are going up. What they're doing is they're prioritising the home. Yeah. And getting their home. So what they're saying is, OK, look, as much as we'd love to do a bigger wedding and do, you know, and go all out, that that's just not a reality for us. Yeah. But there still is, Pat, I will say there is still a huge, I know that the stats came back in that particular report, but the couples I'm talking to, there's still a huge appetite well, and well, there are still people going for big weddings. The difficulty in booking, in booking venues would demonstrate that, that if you can't get a venue, it means that the venue with a minimum number of 150 or whatever it is, has already got a booking. So uh, it shows that people are going in that direction. Uh, do you have any evidence at all or information about how many people uh, look back on their wedding and say, what was that all about? It cost me a fortune. Uh, we got a videographer. We've never looked at the video. We have a an album of photographs. I'm sure everyone took photographs on their phone on the big day anyway. So we never look at the, the photo album. Uh, and sure, that dress that's up in the wardrobe. I mean, I might as well flog that. I'll never wear that again. Yeah, look, I don't have a particular stat, but there's always going to be something that somebody actually goes, oh, God, I wish I did something differently when it comes to their wedding. And w- what I tend to find is not everybody has regrets about their wedding day as such. It's nothing to do with that. It might be, I wish I went for this or I wish I chose that instead. And maybe I wish I didn't get myself into debt. That's the big thing is like, I really wish I didn't get a loan for this. I wish we just worked with what we have. You tend to see that a little bit more than anything else. But um, it's rare that you would see, like the only reason somebody would regret, you know, and look back at their pictures is if they weren't happy with their pictures, not necessarily the cost. I never see anybody actually turn around and say, I wish I didn't spend 2,000, 3,000 euro on that photographer if it's a, be- if it's a good yeah. job and they, and they get it out of it. Or I unless they say, weren't happy with the person they married. <laughs> well, well, there's always that, but sure, <laughs> we can't solve every problem. But no, that, that, is, the, that is the case. Yeah, it's, it's more about if, if the quality wasn't what mm. they thought it was going to and be. That's uh, where the regret comes the, in. The convention these days, you know, you know the, there's this notion that a lot of people have everything, whether they're renting an apartment and they furnish it themselves mm-hmm. or get all the bits and pieces or whether they bought a house already or an apartment and they have all the bits and pieces. So you don't give anyone a food mixer anymore or a set of sheets. You no. give them cash. Ca- cash is king. Yeah. That's so it. does cash the cash pay for the wedding or does it pay for the honeymoon or is it a bit of both? It's a bit, well, so you have to pay for your wedding and your honeymoon before it actually takes place. So irrespective of whether you get a wad of cash, you know, on the night, you still have to pay for your wedding up front. So that's the thing. So you can imagine when you go to book a wedding, there's all the deposits. So you probably have paid off probably about a quarter of your wedding, depending on the scale of, of deposits before you even get halfway through. And then probably a month out before your wedding, you will have pretty much everything paid for by some vendors that will take some some level of money on the day. But um, so then you will get your cash gifts and then it's like, OK, well, you know, what do we do with that? Majority will use that towards, you know, they're spending money on honeymoon or put it into their house because they've put certain things on hold. But, you know, not like buying a food mixer, as you say, it would be things that they have actually held off getting done. That would generally be the 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 way of the world. All right. Well, um some people are going big, some people are going small, but that trend, uh, the pandemic trend, seems to have uh, been more or less reversed. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. Sarah Kennedy, who is a wedding expert, and you can find her online. 
The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.